from the Isle of Britain. Uh, is that okay to say? Yeah, that's okay. fine. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Uh, the man I wish would narrate my life, uh, Alex Butler. I think one day I will I hire you to I'll do that. I'll offer my services. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, you know what? He loves cameras. He loves what? Cameras. I do love cameras. Cameras, <laughs> yes. Of Cinematographer, photographer, and all-around talented young man. What are you? Uh, what are you doing here? What, what in Canada? Yeah. Uh, well, I just got back. Actually, I was studying here, and now, after a month break, I'm back to start working. Hopefully, in the film industry here. Yeah. And what's uh what's your interest there? Uh, well, as you've already guys mentioned, I love cameras, and so I want to start working in a camera team here in Van. Try and get some more experience, some more work, enjoy myself, and have fun. Nice. Uh, why why did you came here for uh, in the first place? Like, um, f- of course for um, for a film school. But uh, was your intention to stay or just to? Uh yeah, actually, me and my parents have moved here several times. <laughs> oh, really? It's a funny story. Actually, we um we got our PRs, which is a permanent residency, back in two thousand and seven, and ever since we've been coming back and forth. But maybe it didn't work one time, and then the next. It worked, but only for a shorter amount. So this is actually the third time I've moved to Canada. So uh, this time, hopefully, it's for good. What oh. ages were you when you were here before? Um, maybe, like, I suppose I was 10, and then the next time I was, like, 13. Okay, and how long did you spend here each time? Oh, the first time was only maybe a couple months, and oh. then the second time was about six months okay. when I went to school here and everything. Okay. But we, uh, it came to a point where we either had to, because my dad ran his own business back in England, and it came to the point where it was difficult for him to run it from in Canada. Right. And so we either had to make the decision to go back or to stay. And So why did you come here in the first place? Sorry, m- maybe I missed that. Oh, well, it was actually the skiing. Oh yeah, okay. we used to go to Whistler and ski and snowboard, and then mm. we'd maybe spend seven days up there and come down here to Van for three days. Oh, nice! And we just fell in love with the city. Yeah, it's an amazing city. It's true; it's pretty easy to fall in love with. Especially we were in just the summer. Yeah, in the summer, we were just ragging on the on the weather a little bit, but I had to laugh. I was like, "Well, you're from England. How can you really care about the cry about the weather here? It's kind of you know what? Same, it rains it so much more here than really? it does in England. Yeah. Oh wow. And when it gets cold, it gets a lot colder. Yeah, here. it's pretty chilly here sometimes, mm-hmm. for sure. We've had some rough days over the last few days. Uh, actually, yeah. I missed that. You guys had a little wind, didn't you? Yeah. Actually, I was um, I was walking through the forest, uh, or the park that's right across the street from here, and uh, they had th- there's this huge log that was right across the pathway that was probably, like, I don't know, 10, 12 feet long and, like, you know, five or six inches in diameter. 
just like broken off from one of the trees up above and had landed on the path. And I was remember a story from last year when they had a windstorm and some little kid died in Surrey because a tree broke and fell on him. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God. I, re- I walked for the rest of the time with my head up because when you're in the trees, it seems pretty calm. And then you look up and you see them like fucking waving around. And you're like, oh, shit. Uh, better watch. <laughs> I don't want to get crushed by a fucking branch falling down. And there was also a tsunami warning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like two days ago. Yeah. But that was for the island more than here. But yeah, it was kind of freaky. I woke up to my dad texting me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <same thing. laughs> I saw a tsunami warning. Thing. Are you okay? Where my are sister you? calling me from Brazil too. Like. Yeah, my dad from England as well. Go to a higher land. I, I, I told her, do you know that the bus that I catch to go to North Vancouver is called Highland? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm very, very up above the level. Yeah, we're pretty safe here too as far as water level goes. I heard it was only about six inches in height in the end. Yeah, yeah. And it was all the warnings were mostly for like Tofino and stuff, which yeah. is the other side of Vancouver Island. Yeah, you could go either way around, but um yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's scary either way. I, I think that Vancouver itself is pretty blocked. Pl- protected by the island. But protected yeah. by the We're island. We're lucky in that sense. Yeah. Mm. Um but uh yeah, it's still kinda freaky to wake up to that text and I went it was like four in the morning and I go and I sit on the toilet and Oh I you missed it then? The yeah. actual wave passed at about, I think it was like 3.40 or something yeah, officially. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, you'd have been well dead had it been bigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Thing, I woke right? up underwater. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we shouldn't laugh. This shit happens all over the place, really. Yeah. It's kind of scary. But, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, we think we're pretty um, free from natural disasters in Canada, uh, which we are. Like, the hurricanes tend to not get this high. Sometimes the East Coast gets a, a little bit of one. Um the worst thing we get are, are kind of blizzards and blizzards like they suck. They really suck and people can get snowed in and, and that type of thing. But um, I mean, that's kind of it. Like earthquakes. Yeah. Vancouver gets them sometimes. But I've, I, in my lifetime, I've never heard of Vancouver having an earthquake that no. actually like did any like damage. Real damage. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, we are which means we're probably y- we're due for one. Is what everybody talks about. Uh, well, so. uh, maybe except for the cold, right? That's what you said, like the blizzard. Because I mean, I think that yeah. that alone, it's already tough, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's not something here. we don't think about really, because it ha- it's just part of living here. Yeah, well, not here in Vancouver. No, right? no. Because like w- whenever we have a little bit of snow here, I, I oh my, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> my tropical mind just like snaps. I'm like, fuck, this is probably very, very difficult in a place that snows a lot, because like. Talk it's actually that, easier in a place that snows a lot because it's prepared for it. You know, the yeah, city has yeah. snow plows and stuff like that. People know what to do, how to drive. Uh, people are just prepared for it more yeah. overall. I remember the snow last year, actually. And I remember somebody telling me that Vancouver City had actually sold all their snow plows to the islands. Yeah. Because they, they don't have any. Get any. Yeah. It's a bad timing if they did last year, though. Yeah. Last yeah. Year was last like they had a lot of snow last year, snow yeah. Year. I remember, that actually, I was driving through Burnaby here, and I was driving a friend's car, and um, I was literally weaving out of cars that were falling down the hill because it, they just couldn't get up the hill. Oh. It was it was quite amusing. That, that few weeks uh, last year when it snowed that much, uh, that was, like, what most of Canada is like through most of the winter. Um, and uh, and colder, like oh. it was it was warm here still while that was happening. I think the lowest it got was like minus seven. Yeah, that's pretty tame for for the rest for of Canada. Canada. Yeah. yeah, 
Like it, Calgary's like minus seven in December. Oh, fuck yeah! So we're out in t-shirts. <laughs> uh, that's like a Chinook wind. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how that works. I remember talking to somebody from Texas and how they looked at hurricanes the same way as we look at blizzards. We're like, yeah, I'll drive through a blizzard. You know, you gotta get to hockey practice or whatever. Like, <laughs> 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 and they're the same way with with hurricanes. Like, yeah, it's a hurricane. Like it happens. You know, like we gotta get through the day <laughs> well yeah yeah but um, i don't know why still you guys are um i think i wouldn't say lucky but y you're well prepared for uh for those disasters much much more than uh third world country would be of course because yeah. like uh even i i woke up to my sister calling me and i checked the, the messages and uh and she was um and and the messages were um in the newspaper, like people already, they were already in the shelters. So I was like, wow, these people are prepared. What, for the tsunami? Yeah. Freaking there were like heck. people uh, on the Haida that they were uh, in, uh, in uh, the shelters already. Like, you know, like people are so prepared. So mm -hmm. kudos to you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you see uh, even along here, there's like disaster routes and stuff. Uh, disaster routes? Yeah. Really? Like, like if there's ever um yeah, like an earthquake or oh. or major sort of issue like that, tsunami or something. This road actually boundary road that goes past my house, it's a disaster route, which means like it has to be cleared in those ways and like is used for getting I think like getting trucks in and out and getting people evacuated and, and that type of thing. Maybe mm. you could tell me one thing actually. I've been sure. wondering. Are there like earthquake sirens here and things like that? Um I don't know about Vancouver itself. There is on the island, if yeah, you know as them. Sense. Um, but I don't know about here. Well, I mean, we didn't hear them. I didn't hear them for the tsunami, anyways. No, they don't. Actually, they were they were criticizing because uh, there were no s siren. Yeah. That, that went out. So. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like you said, like I I totally missed the warning. I w if it actually hit, they I have for been earthquakes, dead. but they don't have it for tsunamis. Mm. That's what I. I was reading and maybe it's because the tsunami isn't supposedly suppo supposed to affect Vancouver all that much. But, like, places like Richmond are actually below sea level. Like, really? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, it's like Amsterdam or something, right? Oh, so, yeah, like, like Amsterdam's something like three meters below yeah, sea level. Yeah, like mm -hmm. most of the Netherlands is. So they have, like, levees and stuff that, that stop the water from coming in. And, fuck, like, it doesn't take much to throw those down in a, in a tsunami-type scenario. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Um but you guys come from different places, and we want to talk about that a little bit today, uh, because a recurring theme amongst a lot of my friends, most of which are not from this country uh, here in, in Vancouver, which I think is really awesome, uh, but they're all <laughs> like a threat to be deported, it seems, <laughs> uh, which is weird. I mean, I feel like Canada is a very open country that way, but it's actually more restrictive than like the states is and stuff as, as far as immigration goes. As a Canadian, what what what's your vision about uh, immigration and and, uh, and everything? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I love having everybody come here from all over the world. I think it's it's a point of pride for Canadians to have um uh, a welcoming community. I guess overall, uh, I do. I mean, Canada is a very young country and it's built on immigrants. So for a long time, there's not really been like an actual like culture of Canada. Like for a long time, it mm -hmm. carried more British culture and half of or not half of it, but a lot of it is French as well, historically. 
Um, and it's kind of, I think, just been in the last little while that, especially in contrast with what goes on in the U.S., that Canada started to get, like, a bit more of a culture about it and, mm-hmm. like, you know, be proud of, you know, our differences from, from uh, a place like the U.S. and, and England and, and that type of thing. And so I would like to see that more uh, preserved, I guess, by people coming into the country. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come in and... Uh, live in their own communities and don't really learn the language very well. Like I know mm-hmm. people that have been here for like decades that barely speak don't English. Mix. Yeah, I met someone last week who'd been here like 30 years yeah. and barely speaks any English. And like that type of thing is not cool with me, you know, like learn the language, you know, like it, to me it's, it's kind of like you're coming to a different place to enjoy the freedoms and, and whatnot that, that it provides that, uh, and, and you have all that, you know, speak your own language, do whatever you want. But like you have to also assimilate into the culture. It For, for me, it's not about coming here and making uh, making your culture, your life in a different place. Mm-hmm. It's about coming here and, you know, yeah, I mean, again, do your thing, but like be Canadian. And uh, and I mean, the main thing for me is, is learn the language, really. Like, uh, like uh, that's probably the just the really thing that kind of irks me is just, okay. especially here in Vancouver, a lot of times you go into a store and if you don't speak Mandarin, you can't get service. And you're kind of like, wait, uh, this is this is an English speaking country. I should be able to get service in English in my own country. Yeah. But especially the if the restaurant is uh, selling French fries or poutine. Yeah, but yeah, but something like that doesn't irk me enough to be like, go home, learn English. Like, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that really. I think the culture in Vancouver is beautiful, though. I, I think that the way that immigration has benefited this city is just fantastic. It's one of the main things about coming here is for me has been meeting so many people that I'd have never have met before. People from China, Korea, yeah. Um. Asia and even Brazil and Mexico and I've learned so much about so many different cultures being here it's I think true. it's beautiful yeah, I it's really enjoyed it this is really cool we can uh, we actually make a web of, of uh, friends that we probably wouldn't make anywhere else like uh, maybe in some countries but here is pretty amazing it's how true. how can you like yeah and I love how it, like it, it grows us you know not just as people but just as like uh as a as city, yeah. as a whole. And as uh, and individually it grows us as like, you know, uh our field of influence of just pla- people and places that we know and can potentially go and have hospitality in and, and that yeah, type of thing. Sure. Which is really, really cool. Like I think that that's one of the the main kind of bonuses of just friendships from anything is just like, hey, yeah. Like I, I had almost a f- not a free trip, but I, we only had to pay for our our uh our transportation on a two and a half week trip through europe purely because we knew people that had like houses and stuff over there they're just like yeah use our house yeah go stay at our place or whatever you know it's so uh it's so awesome to make those types of connections with people and talented people yeah and just for example i mean i went to mexico right in july and all i had to do was pay for my flight yeah and that was it have you ever been to mexico yeah 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 yeah, i went to mexico city okay amazing place cool uh, astonishing though the difference between the rich and the poor there yeah the the, f- the economic gap is astonishing yeah i think the minimum wage in mexico is something like 56 pesos an hour oh. i mean not an hour a, a day 
which is like three dollars. Oh it's yeah, it's nuts. less than that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, but man. also, of course, it's uh, it's not enough, barely enough to to survive. But also, the the cost of living is not as high as here. No, but I think more recently it's been becoming more expensive. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, our friend we have a friend called Barbara, and she was saying that since she's been back, she thinks it's definitely become more expensive. Wow, and uh, and that's just like a year. Yeah, and that's a year, and even then, the minimum wage has not increased. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's dude, true. that t- that type of thing takes forever to to do that. I was just watching a thing today on you know lagging effects from like the the Reagan the Reagan administration in in the U.S. and how you're still seeing how like the the wage level didn't uh, didn't keep up with the actual level of growth of the economy and I'm like we're still all kind of boned that way. I was talking to Jordan about that similarly because he's from Mexico City too, mm-hmm. and he was saying how he thinks that uh, places like Canada and the U.S. are are gonna go that way pretty fast if we don't start kind of uh, fighting against the the growing wealth gap. You know people like super high wealthy people living behind walls and that type of thing and everything else just kind of like slums mm-hmm. um it's not a very nice vision well uh i as a matter of fact i was just reading the other day um in the newspaper in brazil that uh, the four richest guys in brazil they have the same amount of money that a hundred million people yeah. that's phenomenal so it's like four people have as much as half of the country. <laughs> yeah, man, it's pretty gross how how people don't really see that type of that level of inequality, you know? Especially people at the top. Like they all think that they're middle class. I was talking to my dad while we were in Hawaii and he was saying how he grew up middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh but then tells us stories of how like him and his four brothers like all slept in the same bed in this house and in saskatchewan how they didn't have money for like certain types of equipment and that type of thing and i'm like then you weren't middle class man like maybe you were middle for where you were in saskatchewan or whatever but you were poor like i'm sorry to say like you were poor in that scenario Mm -hmm. and there's no there's nothing wrong in that and you worked your way out of it through middle class and now fuck man you're not middle class bro (laughs) like we're sitting on hawaii uh in our own house uh, completely paid for by my dad. We just had to pay for flights to get there, like you said. Um, you know, on the beach and that type of thing. I'm just like, this is not middle class, man. This is not middle of the road. This is not how middle people live. Yeah. And he, his perspective is warped on that. You know, mm-hmm. just from c- everybody thinks they're always in the middle. They're always the average. Life is just how their life is, and it's not. No, yeah, that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. I think going back to the point, immigration into Canada is tough. Yeah, uh, you guys have experienced that and uh, have recently gone through it or still going through it. Tell us your experience there, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a bit of an unlucky situation. I have a funny story to tell about this. Um, As I said, I used to have a permanent residency to Canada. Yeah, what happened to that? (laughs) Well, this is the funny story. So um, we obviously made several attempts to move here and in the end it it's taken me a while to come back and so just before I came we spoke to a lawyer in England who told us that my permanent residency had expired. Oh. This is something I now know is absolute bollocks. A permanent residency. It can't resi- expire? It can't expire permanent residency. 
that's you have to permanent. Com- exactly. But you had to be living. You had <laughs> to be living name. here, though. That's no. what I heard. No. No, you have to. Okay, so I don't understand it fully. It's a very confusing process. But you have to spend two out of five years here for. I I don't know. I think to continue with your immigration, but um. Essentially, your permanent residency card and documents never expire. Ah. You just maybe have to renew them, which ah. is a much, much easier process because okay. you already have the PR. And so I had it, and then this guy told us we had to officially renounce them if I were to come and be a student here, which is, I mean, it's ridiculous. Okay, so the lawyer said that. Yeah, this was a lawyer in England. So oh. this is what I was officially advised, right? Oh, my God. So I went through the process of renouncing my permanent residency. And now it's obviously come to bite me in the ass. As, I mean, I should never have done that. But I didn't I know. I feel that. like I'm taking crazy pills! I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being funny. It was ridiculous. It's the Oh, my God. And so now I'm left in this situation where I have to go through all these processes for different visas and I, it's it's difficult like they're complicated they're very specific with what they want but what they ask you for is very vague the the website i'm convinced is deliberately designed to catch you out and try and make Weed it difficult out kind of yeah exactly I, I i i don't know but uh, i would i would um i would disagree with you at, at, in, in some point I, i don't think it's easy uh and as i was telling you the other day um i thought about going to one of those uh lawyers here that uh, help people with uh with visa but i don't know how they um of course it's based on demand but there's not much of like a, a it doesn't look like they they have a, a pretty clear um view of why do they charge the price that they charge so like one well, okay i can do this for you will be three thousand bucks mm. okay well probably has some expenses and stuff and then the other says four thousand bucks and then oh it's forty five hundred bucks and like and like okay where these people take these mum- numbers from and this is without paying any of the, the government tax uh, uh, uh government fees fees that you that you have to pay so i'm like <laughs> okay Uh, that's oh, probably it's ridiculous. demand. So I was talking to several people here, and I asked them. Well, one of them was a, was an Englishman as well. So how another do you Englishman? Yeah, another. Uh, ap- apparently, there's there, there's a lot of people living in that island there. Just a few of us, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he said, "No, I did it by myself. You just had to read the 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 website carefully." do these steps and, and, and you can do it. And I heard from more than one person that this is actually true. Like if you if you go to the website and follow these steps, of course it's a pain because you have to get the freaking documents uh, uh, from a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then if you use a Mac, half the stuff doesn't work. Yeah. DocX and whatnot. Yeah, it's a nightmare if you have a Mac. It's virtually impossible. You can't open the PDFs. Well, oh, there's the Vancouver the Public balls. Library. You can do it there. Oh, great. Yeah, of course. Oh, I don't have a computer anymore. That's where I'm going to. Um, But even still, it, it, I find it's just... They may ask you for certain things. For example, we have friends who had been rejected from their PR because they, w- one of them was asked to provide evidence that he 
he worked as a freelance photographer, so he provided invoices. Fair enough. I'd have thought that was good enough proof. He provided years and years of invoices. Mm -hmm. But apparently what the Canadian government wanted was invoices and pictures. But it doesn't say, you know, we want the pictures as well. Yeah. I mean, they're very vague about mm -hmm. what proof they want. And but at the same time, when it comes to handing everything in, they know exactly what they do want, mm -hmm. and that's what I find frustrating about the website the most. Um, mm. Yeah, they they can be quite vague, and as you said, sometimes you pay four hundred, uh, like four grand for uh, for a lawyer, and it saves you a lot of time. But who knows if the lawyer wouldn't be this, wouldn't make the same mistake exactly. or, or, or worse, you know? I mean, uh, the, the the information. What, I, what my point is, the information is out there. And uh, I had a lot of these people actually that did APR by, by themselves telling me like, okay, man, if you need some help, uh, just come along and uh, we can show how we did it. See, that I, I think that's, um, I like this kind of stuff, you know, and people try to actually help each other more than, uh, I, I don't know why or it, it, this should be actually a thing, you know. Uh, people should maybe gather uh, and uh, volunteer once a week to help people doing uh, figure out their papers. I would not be surprised if that type of thing exists. I think then the probably the issue with that is then is that legal counsel that they're seeking. It's and then it be becomes the question of if they don't get it and get rejected, then could you potentially sue for Well, could you sue counsel? me if I helped you with your PR and you didn't get it? I mean, I no. suppose it's all on good faith, isn't it? And I think that's the point. Well, it didn't pay me any money. I think the the problem is when you put money on the game. Yeah. But, I mean, <coughs> the point is that it's... I've been through a hassle with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you may have the same problem as well. I mean, how are you finding things? Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. It puts, puts you in a spot of... Um, in the loop of... Um, having to get jobs that you actually um, don't really want don't really want or it's not a matter of wanting but you have a training in like we have training yeah. in, 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 uh, in film or advertising or all those areas that I, I feel that I could be much more of a value doing this than what I'm doing right now mm -hmm. so you gotta you you are caught up in this loop of um uh, very low scale jobs which is uh, I mean I, I don't criticize people that are doing it I'm doing it mm -hmm. but it's not my dream to, to yeah. be there you know and um, it feels like you you don't have too much support to get out of this I would say even like a, a hole it looks like it's a, it's a muddy area where you're like uh, trying jobs but they want to see your status and your status is not quite clear yet and you don't know and you have to work uh and you if you don't you're gonna be sent home and if you're sent home uh all the contacts that you did here for your uh, for your work your friends you know it's not that you're gonna well i would say y you will lose that yeah it's almost wasted you know i mean it's um of course they are your friends but life goes on yeah. i'm not gonna be waiting here for you Two years later, hey, I got my PR, and then now let's do something. Let's do uh, a film, or let's do, you know, people move on. It, yeah. it yes could happen. No. Yes and it no, It could man. happen, like, but, but people move timing, on. People move man. on in, like, different ways and into different careers and stuff like that, for sure. But, like, uh, 
like if you disappeared back to Brazil for two years because you had to and we all just kept going along in our film industry stuff and we're like a further ahead, you know, in a couple of years and maybe like actually producing films and stuff and you came back we would be excited. <laughs> it would be awesome, you know, or we would yeah. maybe be trying to move productions to you. Like, like that you don't, I'd still people, people don't leave heart. you behind huh? like that. I'd still hold you in my heart. As well. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you guys. Yeah, really man. Like, uh, the people, you'll but never my, lose my, those my types point, of connections. My point is, um, I think that, you know, uh, we've, we've done a year of a program here. We spent a good amount of money mm-hmm. already in this country mm-hmm. and to yeah. and to be able to do this course. And I really don't see the reason why that that, that could be uh, ignorance of mine, but like the government wouldn't allow you to a postgraduate work permit, which is just like you're not gonna be um, taking jobs from uh, other people because as we see in this film industry right now, they need people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it's kind of like a, a, a they shot themselves in, in, in the feet right now because you know, there could be a lot of people that could be of a good help, well-trained, well-prepared to be getting into the in this industry are just like vanishing away, going to their countries, and then life, li- life goes on, and then you need more people, and then how, uh, how do you do it? There's always forces against, uh, against well, why not let, uh, why aren't Canadians doing those jobs quote-unquote canadians mm-hmm. doing those jobs um that's always where the pushback is against stuff like yeah. that and so i think the point in this case is that there aren't the canadians to do it oh totally i mean it's the, the same experience. thing with all those other industries all the industries you're talking about working in uh because you're waiting for your permanent resident status or whatever you know the the gig economy uh uber drivers cab drivers all that type of stuff that are people that uh that have better qualifications all the pressure all of these processes that you guys are talking about um it gets it gets put there purely because there's a sentiment that those jobs should be given to canadians first Mm. when the reality Mm -hmm. is that canadians don't want those jobs first like you're saying because if they did then there would be them there because there's a finite amount of people and people want to work you yeah. know, there's help wanted signs everywhere and there's people that that live on the street. And, you know, you know, at the fine line in between those people are people that are employable people that can work, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't if you're not if you don't have a job uh, for the most part, I think. It's because you don't you're you don't want one like there's jobs. There's in there's this country, in this country. So. Yes, yeah. in this country. Yes. But, but like that's for yeah. that's or my impression. like I, I, if you if you don't have some sort of disability that's keeping you from from working, uh, including like addictions and stuff like that, then the re- the only reason excuse to not have a job is because you don't want one. Because I see job like help wanted signs everywhere. I walk my dog past down this fucking street for a mile. And I like I could get a job at any one of those places yeah, if I if yeah. you walk in to say hey I have experience as a mm-hmm. person who's not an idiot. <laughs> that's that's sometimes my well, how, how I get a little bit of um, resentment out of out of this you know I mean um, <laughs> we just want to work you know yeah it's it's not like I, know, uh, I feel bad uh, for you guys as, in that, as if in that way. as if we were like. Uh, I would just want to uh, take the gold out of this country and go back home. Like yeah. how uh, you know, like we're we're not like 
destroying the country or anything. No. We want to to collaborate. Even yeah. like paying taxes, it's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay I want with to that. pay taxes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, and uh, it, it's not a well, might might be a criticism. And why not? But uh, w- whenever you you grow up in, in in a country like this, which is a great country and has, in my opinion, a lot of great. Uh, uh, like you, you, you guys have a great law system that it, it works. The country, for for, for the, the most part, part yeah. it, it, it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you compare to a third world country. Uh, when you guys are born and and live, not all of you, you know, a lot of you uh, have uh, other visions. Uh, sometimes people get for for granted that there there's there there are countries where it's hard to get a job. Yeah, it's just hard to make a living. Yeah, and 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 when I go back home, I see these people. That it's not that they don't want a job. There is no job. Yeah, it's it's true. We don't have we don't have a perspective on that. It's like I was talking about with my dad earlier. Like we just, especially like where I'm from. Uh, well, I mean, Calgary has seen a, a a dip in their economy recently. But um, as I've grown up. Yeah, I've always felt secure in the in my ability to get a job. And the idea that like I had a kid from France that was living with me for a while and he he said the same thing like he came from France because there's no work. And like it, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, "What do you mean like no work? Like y- you can't go be like a waiter or something like that?" It's like, "No, there's no work. It's not available. There's this there's <laughs> not a job." That and and you see I'm I I just want to make this clear it's not that i think you guys have to have this vision of i I actually think that that's the way it's supposed to be everywhere yeah you know like uh, great they're ideal you know there there are jobs for for people and 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 uh and people want to work man it's true but we we do have you get a, a problem here as far as uh well, something ha- happens like where I'm from in Calgary where the oil price tanks and a lot of these people have high-paying jobs in, mm-hmm. in oil industry and stuff like that. Even like, the labor jobs, I mean, they're high-paying things. It's kind of like – it's kind of a lot like the industry here, right? Like you can kind of mm-hmm. go and work at a camp for a few months at a time and do like a, an in-and-out thing and work really hard and shitty hours and shitty work and make a lot of money doing it. Um, but when the oil price tanked, like a lot of these rigs get shut down and – and uh, companies like had to cut like thirty percent of their workforce. Like it's a big deal, and like there's a noticeable difference in like I took the train in from kind of not the suburbs, but you know the outer part of the city into downtown to work every day, and there was a noticeable difference in the amount of people that were taking the train over the course of like a few months. I was like, oh shit! Like there's yeah. probably thirty percent less people on this train oh, at really? least on a constant basis, at least. And so that was kind of weird for me because, like, I had friends. My younger brother, he's a geologist. You know, they want to work in their field, right? Mm-hmm. And then he comes out of school, you know, into a field that was not even uh, – that was, like, lucrative, not even, like, two years ago while he was in school. It was like, yeah, you want to be – like, you want to make money in Calgary? Be a geologist. Get out and, like, they're fucking hiring you at all over the place. And then two years later, he's painting houses right out of university, right? Without, mm-hmm. You know, and he's still struggling to find a job. A lot of people are struggling to find jobs in that area. But, like, there's jobs in Calgary. Like, you can go work at fucking DQ. And, I mean, you're not making great money. But, you know, it's enough to keep you going. But the thing is, is a lot of times those places won't hire people like that. 
because they'll know they'll just jump ship as soon as a good well, a good job comes up. I think as well, especially maybe more so in the UK, but I think it comes with an issue with younger people. I think often they're too proud to work in places like this. Yeah. And I mean, I had friends who they wanted jobs and there were jobs maybe at McDonald's, but mm-hmm. they'd never have them. They'd never take them. I took a job as a barista in a coffee shop. I mean, it wasn't what I wanted it yeah. to at all. But maybe because but they didn't need to. Like, well, no, they you know, did. What, when you, when you mean, don't have your, your mom and dad to support you or whatever, true. and you have to eat, you have to eat, man. If there's a job there, it's going to pay your bills. Dude, you're going to do it. Yeah, You're going to do it. You're not going to starve. You're going to work. You know. Yeah, but equally, especially in Britain, we have such a well-thought-out benefit system that really mm-hmm. most people, if they didn't want to work, really didn't have to. Really? I mean, it's take a big problem we have, actually. Oh, uh, hugely. Really, hey? It's a big problem we have in the UK. I mean, I, I have to say, I think with the system we have is fantastic, and it works for so many people who genuinely really need it. But, I, I mean, there are programs in Britain about people who have like six children and yeah. through benefits make close to 200,000 pounds a year. What? Just and based off their kids? Yeah, and things like this and they claim that they can't walk and things like this and then in the program they're happily running around with yeah. their children. I, I mean, I'm not saying that's the whole system. Yeah. It, it works genuinely very, very well for those who need it. But I think going back to the point, there are people who don't want to work and especially in the uk they can find their way around it those people are, i think they're in such the vast minority true that it's not worth worrying about them like yeah there 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 are going to be people that game the system in in any way that you try to work it you know at the top and the bottom and uh but i think that the people that are at the bottom are doing so little damage to the overall value of the system that it's 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 kind of grossly worth just like yeah okay fuck like take your couple hundred thousand pounds if you want to like live like that because most of us get pride out of working and out of being productive you know out of just contributing you know we don't get you feel shitty if you're just sitting at home all day doing nothing like you really don't feel good like i've been in modes like that uh and it sucks <laughs> because you're You feel useless. You, you know? want to be productive. You yeah. want to be a part of, of, of uh, you know, uh, the system is not perfect, but you want to be a part of it anyways. Absolutely. You want to have pride in what you do and you want to enjoy what you do and it's going to make you happier as a result. But you go see, what oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Um, but I, I do have to say one thing. Even working in uh, these, uh, let's say, low-scale jobs, I don't know what you guys, uh, what's the term for that? Like... Uh, Yeah, low scale is um, unskilled labor. Unskilled labor, sure. Even even so, even doing this here, uh, I have to I have to uh, I have to say something is that, um, like right now I'm delivering food from uh, restaurants mm-hmm. around town, and if I wanted, I could save a little bit and I could eat in each one of those restaurants that I deliver food from. This would never be possible in Brazil. A guy working in the same position that I am could never, ever... I mean, even if he's... Uh, except if he saved a lot of money, be able to um, eat in those restaurants. Hmm. 
So it, it's very sad. Like you can see, like people. Oh, you're delivering food that you can't afford. Mm. <laughs> Whereas here, I I think that you know, um, yeah, there there's a lot of problems. I still you know you still want to move on, but um, it's much more fair. Hmm. I think we forget how good we have it here sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. except for the housing here, which is astronomical yeah, yeah that's a big problem and yeah. we can talk about that uh maybe afterwards and and a bit more on immigration because i want to talk about coming from england a little bit specifically sure uh but maybe we can take a break uh sure you can do your smoke thing and we can uh sure. come back here in a few minutes sure all right cool we'll be right I back on the slack line with alex butler i love But I never met a woman with so much grief Hey mama Hey mama, hey Hey mama, I've seen you around Messing with all the poor boys in this town Hey mama Just to wear the crown
All right, we are back on the Slack line once again with Jay Wow. 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 And the boss. The boss, boss is awesome. coming. A made up dumb <laughs> fairy tale name. You. Uh, we are here with Alex Butler, uh, talking uh, a little bit about cameras and the immigration process. Uh, yeah, as those relate to each other. Very relatable. Yeah, very relatable things. Uh, Certainly in my life. The only way they correlate in this conversation is that is we Alex all love Butler. cameras and, and we all love two out of the three Alex of us Butler. have immigration issues. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, before the break, we were just chatting about um, how it is to get into Canada and what's it like to be an immigrant in Canada and just a Canadian's viewpoint on people coming here. I, w- I wanted to ask you something. Sure. Because it's interesting. Uh, like, you know, it, it, it just not to be in the air, this um, uh, immigrant, uh, the immigrant dream of, mm-hmm. like, you know, going to another country. And have it. I mean, you are Canadian and, like, you have the, the Canadian and the American citizenship, right. which a lot of people would, you know, uh, give a lag to it's have the golden duo, really. And my question is, how do you see your opportunities being wider than than the other people? You know, because sometimes also immigrants got get lost in this dream of like uh, uh, living somewhere else, mm-hmm. somewhere else, and like having more possibi- possibilities. Like you have a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. How 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 do you uh, how do you see that? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, for a long time, uh, I took it for granted. I still, like, I've never really taken advantage of it. I've never lived in the States since I was a, a really young kid. Um, I've never really had the uh, drive to do that. Looking back on it, I probably had good advantages uh, through, like, sports and stuff when I was younger that I didn't take advantage of. But I don't remember m- my parents really being, like, that informative about that part of my life. Um, in that way, uh, and maybe they weren't that informed about it either. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> in the last few years, ironically, like just because of being, you know, kind of taking it for granted, uh, I've wanted to like re- re- renounce my American citizenship. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've actually seriously considered that and like thought about it and talked to my dad about it. But why? Uh, because of Politics? what goes on there, and I don't want to be associated with with it. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it's just a short few exactly, years. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's you know, stupid twenty-two-year-old Matt being in school and wanting to oh, okay. do something. Right. Uh, Give it to the man. Yeah, stick it to yeah. the man or whatever. Right. Um, when I would obviously just be hindering myself, like you, uh, you would renounce the the uh, permanent residence, right? Same yeah. sort of thing. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and speaking with you guys has definitely given me a larger appreciation uh not just you guys specifically today but just in general with all my friends that have these issues uh definitely given me a larger appreciation for the opportunities that are open to me with it um even for yeah, film like especially uh, for film like we have a lot of even people that are from canada yeah. that are like oh no but i want to go to la i mean you have both bo- both uh possibilities you know like even yeah. like opening production company that could go both ways it's true i think that yeah i think that my main advantage lies either there or just the fact that companies that operate in both places could probably benefit from having somebody that can live in both places without having to worry about visa issues and stuff like that Mm -hmm. uh 
which I, again like i haven't explored and honestly i don't really i've never really like propped it up as something that was some that like as an advantage of myself mm-hmm. but i've only ever worked in canada and calgary as like something that didn't need me to go anywhere and so mm-hmm. now uh now i definitely see more advantage in it for sure okay. and, uh, i'm definitely gonna hopefully start using that here pretty quick because uh, la and new york probably yeah. like basically anywhere along the coasts of the u.s are places that i wouldn't mind living mm-hmm. uh maybe not too far not south, down on, south the, on the east yeah. side oh, okay uh no uh, south on the on the west side is definitely nice down through like la and stuff but uh going down through like south carolina and, and those types of places and down you don't Florida, fancy it. no no but like new york and boston i was born in philadelphia i'd love to go back there i've never been there really so oh really yeah okay uh but yeah that's that's me about with with my citizenship it's kind of been a, a weird road for me uh so anyways uh, i'd like to talk to alex about coming here from britain which i figured would be easier coming from a commonwealth country because both are under the british commonwealth uh obviously and the british mm-hmm. yes they are the commonwealth uh but maybe that stuff is now like it, it doesn't make a difference anymore or i mean in some areas yes and in some no yeah for the vast majority of visas, it doesn't really make too much of a difference. Okay. Because I think the point is that the Canadian system is very fair. I think the only thing you can really do wrong in the eyes of the Canadian immigration is have a criminal record. Okay. However, having said that, uh, there's a visa called a working holiday. And that allows me, in particular, to come here for two years and yeah. work. And it's an open work permit. I can work in whatever I want as long as it's not uh, childcare or... Something else, something and like that. And that's only available to Commonwealth people? No. Oh. This is available for many countries. Um, but the particular benefits with Britain and Australia and New Zealand is that they have this for two years over one. Oh, and okay. also, there are only so many allocated places that they give out. So for the UK, it's 5,000. But if you're from Austria, for example, it's only 37 places. Oh. And that's one that, that that's a huge benefit, obviously. Yeah. It means that have a much greater chance of being given a place and that's how currently i have my visa okay so it's been fantastic for me interesting but there's been talk especially with britain leaving the eu that connections with canada will strengthen and one of the big things and well positive for me things that i've heard is that there may become a more open immigration system between canada and england Hmm. and so it would be a lot easier for me to obtain my permanent residency here and even my citizenship potentially. But obviously these are things that are still being negotiated and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah. But Hmm. I mean, there are other countries like Mexico, which because the NAFTA agreement is being renegotiated, used to be able to get in on the working holiday and now they can't at all. Oh, really? Yeah, it's being postponed until NAFTA is... it's sorted up. out. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff going on down there. Fuck. It's such a mess, man. <laughs> it's such a disaster. It makes me like and it like it affects everything, right? Like, you know, people trying to get into Canada from totally different countries are affected by craziness happening oh, absolutely. In, in the United States. Like it's just it drives me nuts. Just a, a, a some some crazy guy with a pan. Yeah. Can do a lot of damage. You know, it's interesting, actually, you bring up the citizenship, because part of me has, like, flipped 
almost completely uh. in the other uh in the last like year or so. Uh. uh well I got a tattoo that has a star on it and a leaf a leaf that signifies both of them. But yeah. also I thought like maybe I could be the first Canadian president of the United States because <laughs> I was born yeah. there. And uh. so technically I am eligible to be president of the United States. Yeah, uh, I don't know fun. if they like especially today they would like someone from other nationality being their uh, president. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I, I don't I know. It's just a, a hint. I think there'd be a large <laughs> contingent of, of, of people in the US that'd be like, All right. Let the Canadians deal a with it. Sensible Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> a sensible Canadian. Sure. From because the outside. they <laughs> Sure, because they, they really choose sensible people to be yeah. on the stage. Oh, that's the main thing it's, right it's now. The, it's the o- it's gonna be the next overcorrection, you know? This was an overcorrection back from you know, you had the, the black guy and now all the racists got their thing and so now you're gonna get the overcorrection to like well, all the people that just want to move to Canada are just gonna turn so you have a the US into Canada. Or yeah. maybe you just like you guys just Carson 2033, 2032. Nice, man. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just remodel the border. Yeah, I will. The new Canadian border is with Mexico. I will. I'll just just get a little piece of land. No, I'll just do what the British did and just claim this. Yeah, it'll be. So you know what? This little piece of land here below us might be handy for. Yeah, it'll just be. It'll look. North America will look just like a big vagina. Yeah. The middle of it can just be the United States of America. And and everything else will be can Mexico. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um well that's a interesting plan. Uh, uh, I was I would certainly vote for you, especially if I got my uh my uh, permanent residency thank here. Thank you, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing. Culturally to culturally do 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 you think that both can- countries are very different. Like, what's your? Uh yeah, yeah, they are. Um, you don't see it because obviously it's not visible, and the cities and everything look very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's on a person-to-person basis. Mm-hmm. I think if you, uh, if you spend enough time with just like an American, you can just you can feel kind of the. For lack of a better term, like aggressiveness mm-hmm. that an American kind of innately has, just like, just more kind of, let's get this going. Kind of, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird sort of quality to kind of define. Uh, whereas Canadians will just have, you know, a much more like you know stereotypical apologetic sort of demeanor to the way that we do. Yeah, things. I I get. Well, I. I can get give a little bit of the input as well because I, I live in the U.S. for a year. Mm-hmm. I think you know that. I yeah, know. I live in Missouri in Texas, for a year. Texas. Oh, I thought it was Texas. No, unfortunately. Or you have family in Houston or something, right? No, no, no. friends in Houston. No, no, no. What the fuck am I? That's the other Brazilian. Go on. Uh, and I remember a people there being so close to the fact that I was a foreign in the school. I was the only foreign people in the school. That of course, if you're so different they're gonna bully you hmm. right and whereas here in canada i i mean i think i had this issue once of like uh someone being aggressive yeah. towards uh, well you people, also like, not like it's n- not even a thing you know it's not even a thing like when people get mad at you it's not even like 
you fucking foreign. Like, yeah. you know, like you hear that in the U.S. like much easier than, than, than here. At least I did. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, racially, it's definitely that is a, a big issue. I mean, we have issues here with uh with native americans a lot of that type mm-hmm. of stuff um not so much here like that's the thing is like even being in vancouver is a warped view on canada uh i was gonna ask about this actually yeah. do you think that maybe your perception of canadians has changed over the past couple of years because i found that i mean certainly from my experience i think the more inland to canada you go the more like the americans the canadians become and that's i think that's maybe overall true but even like the most uh, conservative areas of Canada, which is like where I'm from, uh, it would be considered the most liberal parts of the U.S. Like mm. um, nobody's arguing. Well, there's there's sm- there's some arguments for private health care in Alberta, where I'm from, mm-hmm. um, but nobody really takes it seriously. Um yeah, Alberta's just kind of very they want they want business to be drawn there because the oil market is there and so mm-hmm. a lot of the policies revolve around making the oil market better which tend to revolve around being more conservative as far as like environmental policies and that type of thing is concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um if you talk to people that are from Vancouver you would think that about people from like Calgary and like and Alberta in general you'd think that yeah it was like red state like fucking banjo or something uh but it's not as bad as people here would would have you believe uh there's no like uh like like joao said there's there's nobody shouting at people for being gay or or like or any sort of nationality Mm -hmm. or anything like that but there is there is still like traces of of just like you know prairiness yeah. Farm, farm boyness, you know, tough guyness, you know, um, big trucks. Yeah, big <laughs> trucks. People, I think that the Canadian identity partially comes a little bit from that. Mm-hmm. Is like this sort of, uh, it's kind of what I want to make this uh, hockey movie about. Actually, it's 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 kind of this sort of innate, uh, get up and keep going. Mm-hmm. you know brush it off walk it off like it doesn't really hurt kind of thing mm-hmm. uh that gets ingrained in people just from like toughing it through the winter and and you know whatever like you got to suck it up mm-hmm. and that's just kind of the way that w- overall canadians sort of approach things uh and i don't know I, the yeah like you said as you get a little bit more inland it gets more conservative ideologically but in practice, not so much. Yeah, like the the healthcare system is born out of Saskatchewan, which mm-hmm. is f- like the m- the most deep mid state <laughs> as you or deep mid province as you can be, um, s- and they're they're one of the more socialist parts of the country too. So yeah, it kind of goes up and down, and and the 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 conservative nature of Alberta, like I said, is more is more centered around the the economy and the oil market there than it is anything else. But, mm. um. Yeah, overall, like like you said, the the racial tensions are not, they're just not really here. Mm-hmm. But uh, like we kind of pretend that they're not, in a weird way, but they are like very much so for the for the the native peoples. Like, okay, um, yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot of history with yeah, the natives that seems to get shrugged off. Uh, yeah, from in what all I've of North seen. America, really. 
I don't really understand it so much, but from what I do, it's very no one ever talks about it, and it's not really written anywhere. Yeah, like Canadian history, we grew up learning about it, and I mean, it's not framed in the way that it should be framed. Mm -hmm. At least where I went to school, like you're, you learn about you know how they tried to assimilate the natives and how. you know, they tried to bring them into these residential schools, and you know, and you learned that these schools were not overall a good thing, mm-hmm. and that you know, disease and and alcoholism and stuff like that that Europeans brought here ultimately took out the natives. Excuse me. Um, but obviously, it's much more than that, and uh, it's just purely imperialist genocide. Mm. Um, and I think there's only like ten percent of the the total pop like it dropped to to like 10 percent of the original population like within 20 30 years of of european settlers getting here or something so uh, that might be that might be like way off but either way there's not a lot of them left uh yeah and we don't really talk about it very much you're right it's kind of strange um part of it i think is that uh I mean, there's just a complacency with it on on sort of both sides of of the coin. Like, there's not a lot of... I mean, I don't want to say there's not a lot of, like, push or protest for necessarily help to the Native community because, (coughs) I mean, some people that have power in the Native community, like chiefs and stuff like that, tend to try to make it you know, kind of run like small sort of dictatorships, you know, like they're the ones how are how how money gets funneled through all the, the reservations and, and that type of thing. And depending on who you have as a chief, you could have a beneficial re- reservation or one that's just like in shambles. And but there's also there's a really tough conversation around, well, if you really want to like just equalize everything, you have to get rid of the reservation. Like, the reservation can't be a thing because it's not an equalized thing, right? But at the same time, you can't get rid of the reservation because these are their lands, these are their historical places. Yeah, the but they're th- not even because they're places that we, quote-unquote, gave them. They're not it's even their theirs. original lands necessarily, right? Well, and so if it you think about everything was theirs, right? Yeah. Well, that there, th- <laughs> but this is the problem, not the problem, the issue when we first came was that the native culture is n- about no land ownership at all. They don't consider the land theirs. They consider it everybody's. So the idea of like buying and selling land is like was like not a thing. There was no ownership of it. We use it to grow and sustain ourselves kind of thing was their whole was what their whole culture was about. And so it was the idea that no now you can't come here and we will shoot you if you do like it was not a concept to them you know but i think that uh, at one point they had to uh, fight with the same weapons that they were fighting yeah here, right i mean uh if we have this game where i <laughs> i uh, if we play a game that i have i don't know five coins and they are not really mine and I just share with people and I don't know and then you come and get uh, and get and say that that's mine now then it's not everywhere everybody's else like it's right. yours you're claiming but it, it was with me before I don't know uh, I can't say much because Brazil really didn't, didn't do 
great with uh, our first. Well, Nations it's the well, same you know? thing all over the planet. Like it's what imperialism was. You know, same thing in Africa. Same thing in India. Like, like imperialistic fucking British people yep, for the most part. <laughs> Came oh, in the Portuguese, and yeah, Spanish. for the most part, yeah. Portuguese, Spanish, French, like it was all. I mean, it's Europeans, and and they came in and either through like purposeful violence or through things like you know spreading disease, which is like the spreading of disease and and just like the the death of of kind of the native peoples of a place is a weirdly natural part of like migration like of any species and it's kind of weird that we're like conscious enough to realize that this is something that happens and we try to like hopefully you try to stop it in retrospect you know like because we can think about we can remember hey that remember how awful that was when we did that let's not do that again uh but i mean the tough part comes with like reparations of these things because how do you how do you apologize for that how do you make up for that you know part of the problem like everybody talks about well let's just you know give them a little bit more money or and they'll sign for a little bit more money or you know give them a little bit more land here or whatever none of that really solves an issue of you create another sometimes right yeah and none of it solves an issue of hundreds of years of like oppression and stuff like that which is an issue all over the place but i'm, I'm actually curious about that uh, from an England perspective, because like England doesn't really like they have they don't really have native peoples, do they? Like what we've been conquered a few times, yeah, actually, which is kind of ironic okay. <laughs> by the Normans, by the French, okay. uh, by the Vikings, right? Bit of everything, really. So, but like the Celts, is that like the, the original Celtics. Uh, Celtics? You know what? I don't even know. I I believe so. Do you guys study that at all? No, it's not even in a. Like how far back do you go in your own history? Oh, like Henry the Eighth, and that's about it. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, going back to natives, Matt, I I I don't understand enough about it to really say anything too yeah. much. But I went to visit the anthropology museum here in Van the cool. other week, cool. and you know what? It, it's just beautiful. Yeah, the, the artwork and the craftsmanship that goes into their culture, I think, is fantastic. It is, yeah, and it. I see that it is just dying. It's become less and less. And I think it's a great shame. I think w some of the craftsmanship and artistry that goes into these pieces is just beautiful. Yeah, it it, it really is. It really is, especially on the coast and the coastal tribes and mm -hmm. the, um, uh, like the totem poles and that type of thing. They're, they're really cool. Like the tribes that were mostly in the prairies, I think, were, you, were more, more nomadic than tribes along here. Um, and they just kind of moved as the buffalo moved and that type of thing. So it was all kind of like teepee based and, and that type of thing. So there's not, I don't know how much there was left of like artifacts of people that lived, uh, uh, in the native culture at that time, you know, uh, cause they didn't really have many standing structures like the totems and, and that type of thing out here. Um, it's just something that came to me, um, that's a very touchy and, and, and complex it issue. Is, it is. But absolutely. Um, like it's important, if, though. If you, if you look at it, we are discussing something that is not old at all. I mean, uh, in the 60s and 50s, they were making these bang-bang films, mm -hmm. which the people from First Nations were the bad guys. Yeah. So, like, the vision 
they pretty much got from the 1900s or uh, the 1800s and they just apply to the new to the new uh, uh, century and I don't know it, it wasn't until maybe 1970 yeah. we start you know the, the, the social movement start to uh, changing the mindset about about those stuff but that's pretty new yeah I mean that's that's totally insane how uh, even slavery slavery is uh, It's not that it's old. It's not that old. In, in Brazil, the last year was 1888, which is yeah. 100 and something years ago. Yeah. Which is nothing for history. Yeah. You know. And uh, it so our story of uh, prejudice and, and, and uh, it's, it's pretty new. Yeah, it's not over. It's far no. from over, man. Like, In fact, I think I was reading something the other day that was saying that there were a load of rights that natives didn't have up until maybe even the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. It's that recent. I mean, I don't know the specifics of it at all. But Honestly, I don't know specifics like that uh, very, well, very well at all either. I, I which know is a sad thing. Like, we just don't. I know in Brazil something that really caught my attention nearby where my uh, parents live in the area. There used to be a lot of First Nations. And, of course... Uh, They made a reserve, but it, it was not their land. And that's the thing about First Nations. In Brazil, it's kind of similar. They had the connection with the with the land that it was theirs. Mm -hmm. And it's not because this land is even bigger, that is better. But it's not the same river. It's not the same trees. Right. You know, it, it's not like that. Right. In our perspective of like uh, Western uh, perspectives, it's like, why not? It's just a bigger land. You can do more stuff with that. It's even better. You know, for them, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Mm. The, the connection was with the other land. But anyways, we were talking about uh, one of the rights, and I remember going through the... Um, driving to my, my parents' city, and we stopped into a, a um, gas station in Brazil. <laughs> This is funny in Brazil, because you can even get liquor in a gas station. Well, in the States, I think you can, you, you can too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways... Um, and and the gas station was nearby the where the reserve started, and we drove. We had to drive through the reserve, uh, which actually uh, uh, state road that cuts the reserve. Uh, but before entering the reserve in this last gas station, it was a sign that it was prohibited to sell alcohol for to people of the First Nations, and. That just astonished me. Wow. I mean, because, of course, there's a problem that is the alcohol alcoholism uh, uh, amongst them. Mm -hmm. But if you prohibit someone because of their race to do something, that is just fucking racism. Yeah. That's terrible. It just, this was like three, four years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, so Or actually, yeah. another astonishing thing that I found out the other day is the boil advisories of the water here, even in Vancouver. A lot of the First Nation communities don't have clean drinking water. Yeah, They well have to boil everything. That really? They use. Oh, See, that's a tough thing because um, I don't know what the payments are to, to each reservation and how that all works. Like, I, don't, I have no idea how that system works and who gets what. Um, But kind of like the idea of the reservation is that you have your land. We give you this like lump sum every year or whatever. And you do what you want on your land. Like they make their own rules. They make their own laws about who can buy cigarettes and alcohol and all that type of stuff. And you can't like you're not like we're not really allowed to go on the native lands. Like they can like kick us off and they can 
Like they have their own police and all that type of thing. Um, really, they have their own police. Yes and no. Like the, the I thought it was a joint police force. Yeah, like the royal the 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 RCMP I think can go in there, but the city police can't. And like they have like sheriffs and stuff. Again, like I like mm. like you can see how ignorant we are of it. Yeah, I have um, friends who are natives, and honestly, I'm ashamed that I really don't know more. Yeah. about about their culture yeah. and about maybe some of the issues that they face. Yeah, and it's just tough because. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's this history of wa- of trying to assimilate them in a terrible manner, which was these residential schools, which brought kids into from the native communities into like white schools, and there was a lot of abuse amongst like nuns and 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 the people that ran these schools mm-hmm. uh, against native kids. Um, so there's this history there of of a of an improper assimilation that any sort of talk about like abolishing the reservations and trying to make reparations on an individual basis to the people that are still around and like trying to, uh, I don't know, like trying to bring the cultures together in a way, like where's the answer in that? You know, Mm -hmm. like, like the art is a main part of it. I think as far as like, well, the culture, sadly, it's not, it's not there anymore you Mm -hmm. know it's like the mayan culture in in mexico or something or or uh or like any of these ancient cultures you know ancient cultures in greece and stuff that don't Mm -hmm. really exist anymore except in history Mm -hmm. um and yes like the europeans here coming here including you know my own ancestors had a hand in that and like that's something that we can never really change like it happened so how can we move forward by trying to by trying to keep it alive through you know things like anthropology museums and stuff like that and through I- trying to incorporate you know or again like to to say something like trying to incorporate them in the government as much as possible in innately is kind of like a racist thing to say because like I, I s- like those words leave my mouth, and I'm like, well, no, they should, like, just like any people, they should want to involve themselves in any capacity that they want to involve themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really look I at I it like but that. But but I think maybe what you're trying to say here is that <laughs> now the damage is done, right? Yeah, it's long done. Well, it's not done. Like it I was mean, done a long time ago, and it's it's tough to. And th- there 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 has to be ways to deal with the damage now. You know. Yeah. Thinking about that. Well, I mean, I like what I'm trying to say is that because there's this kind of sour feeling of of how to assimilate people together, um, it it becomes kind of even a touchy subject to even suggest, like, well, uh, I don't know, like, what what can we do? Can we? try just like a sweeping rewrite of all history of Canadian history books. Like that might be a start, right. Of, of trying to tell the real story of how it happened to the, to the younger generation or yeah, something like might, that. Might be Not well, that. I haven't, I haven't read any of the Canadian. History. Yeah. And to be honest, like <laughs> we always considered Canadian history really boring. Uh, we were like, man, Canadian history sucks. Like, there's no fucking nukes or missiles or anything. Like, we want to learn about, you know, the Civil War and that type of stuff. You know, we never really had shit like that. But we never really got into the actual interesting and, like, you know, meaningful, that, like, subjects. meaningful parts of it, really. Like, we got into the 
we talked about the explorers and the people who came here and you know the few like battles that were fought between the french and the british for you know upper and lower canada and stuff bloody like that. french bloody french but like yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it, we could really stand to you to have greater lessons in, in how all that stuff went down. The, uh, another problem is a lot of it wasn't really kept on record, right? Like the people that controlled the history of that time were the people that were doing these terrible things. And so, um, you know, even somebody like, like Christopher Columbus still has a day in the U.S. And... He's I don't a big know if you guys ever yeah, I don't know if you guys <laughs> ever saw seen the, the John Oliver little thing on on him and like how is this still a thing Christopher Columbus no, day oh, we'll watch it no. after but it's it's astonishing to think that they have a day to celebrate Columbus and even still consider him the first person in North America. He didn't even land in North America for one thing. He landed in the Caribbean. Um and Vikings were here like way before and all he did was like murder a bunch of people in the Caribbean, and we call him like the like. It's it <laughs> founder of yeah. America. It's it's kind of fucked up, and even knowing this stuff now, they still. I mean, textbooks haven't been updated and all that type of stuff. And why are we still learning from textbooks, anyways? Like, why are we learning from twenty-year-old textbooks? That makes no sense. Information yep. has been updated so quickly, but uh, yeah, maybe that's where we'll leave it for today. Um, yeah, we yeah. always get down on some really depressing subjects. <laughs> 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 we'll finish up with uh, Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to thank Alex Butler for stopping by and lending us his beautiful, uh, righteous, proper English voice. That's All of those. Thanks for having me, guys. I pretty enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank sure. you for having me. Uh, this has been the Slack line. Thank you to anybody out there who might be listening. Uh, I'm too lazy to list off all the uh, social media accounts right now. So this has been Jay Wow. 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 And the boss. The boss is coming. That's a made-up dumb fairy tale name. You. I love Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs>